Warning. This is not your normal podcast. Its purpose is to provide thought-provoking dialogue with a slighted perspective. Here we encourage influential conversations. Give us a listen, like and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to CEO and the Doctor. How you doing, Doc? It's been a minute. Man, my brother, man, it's been a minute. I mean, we talk every day, but it's been a minute since we've been in this forum. Um, I've missed it. I know that, uh, you know, you've had a lot going on, a lot of moving, this, that, and the other, COVID, and all kind of shit. You've been across the globe, and you finally settled. And I'm going to start with this real quick, real quick. We're going to take a few minutes. Okay. Okay. My brother's a two-time author. Whoa. He's a two-time author. (laughs) Hold up. Two times. Hold up. (laughs) He dropped two books. Hey, where's it at? Uh, Let let us see it. Let us see it, man. Okay. Let us see it. I was trying to cue up everybody. So uh, here's the latest installment. Um, and this is actually my, my author copy. So this is why it says no resale, but, uh, more from within, um, it's a continuation from, uh, memoirs from within. Um, there you go. so this one's about previous relationships, um, everything I dealt with when it came to, uh, the love interest in my life. And then this one moves more into more intimate stuff with family, uh, my children, uh, yeah. You know, broken relationships between cousins, friends, um, a dark place that I was in. Um, once I mm-hmm. lost uh, one of my brothers in the military, uh, my downward spiral, um, and then my uh, positive uptake. Um, and people that are mentioned in here, I'm a mentor. So, of course, you know, you, I'm sitting right here with one of them. Um, hey, I'm being a proud to proctor. be. Appreciate you. Proud to be. Absolutely. Let me give, let me, let me. <laughs> you, you, you give yourself you give yourself an applause you give yourself an applause man because you know it, it's it takes a lot for one it takes a lot to write a book okay it, does. It, it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort a lot of thought um and i know having done the same and still in the process of writing more books you get that writer's block and it it just has to clear itself up at yeah. times uh, and that's just, when you think about it, that's the easiest part. But when you peel back layers of your being, your emotional state, your nice. mental state, uh, that's that's a huge task. And uh, I applaud you for, for sharing, you know, a lot of the things that ultimately make you the man that you are. Um, you know, we can't we can't grow and, and become better people without experiencing some heartache, some heartbreak. Uh and growing from those, those situations. So, you know, reading both of your books, man, um, I, I, they were both per page turners, you know, the most recent one, I, I read it in an hour. I was up late. Like I told you, uh, I was up and I read it and I could not put it down. And I think a lot of that had to do with knowing you, you know, so I can relate on a personal level. If that makes sense, I, I could see, put myself in your shoes and kind of walk that journey. You know, so uh, anybody that's listening, you know, I, I encourage you, highly encourage you to get out, uh, get on Amazon, get the Kindle copy, get the hard copy. I would say get that hard copy so you can have it for future use. And you can share it with other people. So, again, I am proud of you, my brother. Keep up the amazing, amazing work. Appreciate you. And I, I like to thank Marcus for that. Another one of my mentors. Um, so I appreciate everyone who's showing me love on that. Um, like, like Pete said, uh, get your copy, tell a friend, uh, ask any questions. I, if you've read these men, memoirs or, or 
are about to. I'm very open in these. Uh, I'm as raw as it can get, and I and I think that's a, that is very very much my intent because I, my hope is that people who are reading this and are dealing with things or things they've suppressed, you know, they can have the confidence via my testimony to go ahead and tell their story and release those demons, man. So that was mm-hmm. my whole point of those books, man. But uh, you know, so. That phase is over with. Um, we could talk about New Year's resolutions real quick. Um, basically, <laughs> I've put a lot into like my personal growth as I prepare yeah. for you know my my upcoming retirement here shortly. And uh, this year is really about my family, my kids, man. So I'm not yeah. giving myself like a like a huge like goal to accomplish this year, mm-hmm. i.e. write another book or uh, finish my master's degree last year, that type of thing. I'm really just trying yeah. to settle and uh, be there for them. Um, so that's right. more sporting events. Uh, hopefully this COVID things allowed me to travel with the family, do stuff like that, yeah. man. So I'm just really trying to relax this year and just continue preparing for uh, retirement. What about you, P? What's your resolution? Honestly, man, I, until you just said resolutions, I never even thought about any. <laughs> I didn't. I, I really, I didn't. Um, I've been working on uh, actually a couple of books. I'm still trying to finish mine. Uh, you know, I, and I, I aptly named it "Searching for Forgiveness," and it's oh. me. It's my 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 demons, and me figuring out um, who I am and coming in grips with the darkness that still resides in me, you know, so more to follow on that. And, uh, you know, I, I have a really, really dear friend that's, uh, uh, she's a school teacher and, you know, we talk a lot and she shares these different stories about the bureaucracy and, you know, everything that goes into teaching. And then you throw in this, this, this pandemic and the difficulties involved with, you know, what's happening in our school system, um, because of it, you know, so I'm, I'm writing a, I'm, taking her story and I'm putting it to, you know, pen to paper. Uh, and it, it's a really, really intriguing story. Uh, and it's, uh, it's enlightening. It's revealing. You know, we have a problem with our school system, man. And, you know, we could talk for shows about it. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, our, our teachers are, I'll leave with, leave it with this. Our teachers are overworked and underappreciated. You know, that's, that's pathetic. So. And, that uh, is pathetic push to the limit man with this COVID thing like no one has really considered unless you're probably a teacher or you know married to one or have one as a close friend like what they've had to go through like they've been forced to put themselves in harm's way just like you know anybody who's working in the medical field um because you know it's just a tight spot but we understand that doesn't come with bonuses that doesn't come with uh you know like a bump in pay it's basically like yeah subject yourself to this no matter what and then after yeah. the fact, uh, we hope it's all good, you know? So I'm like, you know, damn, it's crazy. It's so many times as yeah. I'm looking at ACEs, uh, you know, reports and weekly, really weekly stuff that comes out. It's like so many teachers have been out. So he's always mm-hmm. had like some sub and he's like, yo, I haven't seen a certain teacher in weeks because they've been sick yeah. and things like that. So I think that is forgotten yeah. in all of this. Yeah, for it is. Sure. It is. And I think, you know, based on, on what you just touched on, it's important for parents to invest. I mean, I get it. You know, you get it to both parents working and, you know, demands of work and life, you know, the expectation is you go to school, you learn, but that's not enough because there are barriers in in every teacher's life and in their professional lives too, that limit how much time they can give that one child. You know, I know when I was going to school was maybe 18 kids in a classroom. My friend has nearly 40. Yeah. We seen that too when we came to this school. They said they had never had an enrollment that was much yeah. higher than about three thousand. And this year they were pushing nearly four. So yeah. they were like, "Yo, this is an influx we've never seen." Um, and yeah. they can't build schools fast enough to accommodate all these children. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I feel like you know a lot of this stuff should have been still pretty much half time remote. I feel like they yeah. could have like you know leveled it out. Like, okay, a kid goes to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week. Tuesday, Thursday, home next week, you know, you switch it. And that way you keep the class sizes down um, and keep the contact space and distance because they're stuffing 35 kids into a classroom. How are you maintaining, you know, your social distances and social distancing and and you can't. And I think she was telling me too, that, that uh, maybe one in five of her kids are vaccinated. Yeah. 
And I mean, I can't even lie. Like we just now getting the boys there. You know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, yeah. we, because we, I mean, especially with the young one, man, it's, uh, yeah, tell me about it, Marcus. I, I know Miss Simmons yeah. is a teacher. Um, it, it's, it was so much unknown about, you know, like little kids that we were really, mm-hmm. really on the fence about getting Jordy. Yeah. But yeah. we finally leaned toward because it's just like, man, you know what? We might as well go with it and just get them vaccinated. And, and at least yeah. from that point, you know, we can have a little bit of confidence in, you know, what the vaccination is supposed to do. Right. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where we are now. So we just yeah, now man, I, vaccinated. I, 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 I hope that, you know, at, at some point all this stuff settles, at least with the, with the kids in, in the schools. Uh, you know, Marcus, I applaud your wife. Uh, for what she does every day because they are truly underappreciated for what they do. And it's a sad state of affairs in this country, man, that the job that they do has been politicized to the point where kids don't matter and the teachers don't matter. Yeah. It's just, you know, well, I got to work and I don't, I can't afford to have my kids at home. And so they got to go somewhere. It's the de facto daycare. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's unfortunate. So, yeah, this is uh so this is one of our one of my new buddies, Chase. He's with D Line Sports, yeah. who I've been uh doing some uh, some work with uh, over the last couple of weeks, man. Really great kid, knows football. So I appreciate you stopping in, Chase, and you're absolutely right, man. Chase, I appreciate you. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Absolutely. We're we're not we're nowhere near done with uh with COVID, you know. And yeah. this is crazy, man. I was watching something I was watching um HBO Max and they got that that South Park shit on there. Yeah. And COVID is forty years later. Uh-huh. All right, it's forty years later on South Park. And yeah. It's still in. in I haven't watched it. Still yet. I need exists. to check that out. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy to think that nothing has happened. Yeah, and we're here. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, with no end in sight, you know. Yep. Chase, much love and appreciation to your wife as well. Um, you know, hers is another uh, career field in America. That's uh, you know, it's a shame that. Oh my God! Our frontline workers, our healthcare workers, our teachers—ah, oh, nobody does anything for them. That's a. That, I'm getting heated. <laughs> Calm myself down. Yeah. That's a shame. Much love and appreciation to the, our teachers, to our frontline healthcare workers. Thank you. Absolutely, man. Well, you know, we spent a little time introducing ourselves. Let's just jump right into the show. Let's start with the flash, and we got a big one. So here we go. Man. All right, so let's jump we into the flash. Uh, where are we at? Uh, so we started I with? think the last time, the, one of our last show, um, we left off at the end of the trial, the conviction, and we were just waiting for um, what the sentencing was. And you know, I, I'm 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 glad. I'm happy that you know justice has been served in this regard. Both uh, you know the father and the son life without the possibility of parole and uh the other guy i'm not even going to give him airtime and mention names right. was convicted for life and he's got uh the possibility of parole so right. you know these things don't happen in our community much uh, but when they do you know let's take these small wins and just kind of keep pushing the ball along and and hope for uh continued change uh, right. One thing that that I encourage everybody to do is if you can get online and find uh, the judge's comments, you know, bef- while he was doing the sentencing, uh, I, I, they're touching. Yeah, it was really something different. I had never yeah. seen like a judge take a moment of silence or anything like that. And uh, yeah. I mean, I like that was that was really really incredible by him to really like take all the color barrier out of this and really focus yeah. on like what had happened in that situation. And this is what the justice system is designed to do, get it yeah. right. But the one thing we have to remember, um, even though things were you know, handled the right way in the justice system and they got what they were due, still doesn't bring back the victim, right? So no, that's one thing doesn't. we have to continue. So yes, it's important that it works, but we also got to understand the bigger purpose. Bigger purpose sure. was something like this should have never even happened, but it did. Um, and yeah. So that's unfortunate. And we just have to leave it at that, man. Um, but with that, um, you know, a lot of things happened in 2021. A lot of great people lost. And, uh, you know, our memory probably would serve us <laughs> if we could go back and, and think about yeah. it from January 21 to now. But we just got to go with, you know, what's most recent. So, you know, we like to say rest in heaven to Betty, Betty White, John Madden, Sidney Portier yesterday. Um, 
all very, very important in their roles. You know, you could think about yes, Betty White, sure. 99 years old, actually just a few weeks away from her birthday. So, unfortunately, yeah. she passed before her 100th birthday. But like you said, she was one that was definitely, you know, breaking down lines for sure. for her entire yes. life and everything she's as ever a, done. As a woman and Absolutely. as an ally Absolutely. to the black community. You know, yeah. she had a show and they told her she couldn't have this black dancer. And she's like, cancel my show. Unreal. Just take it off TV. Yeah. So you know, so she was one of the first to to outwardly stand up in Hollywood uh, to fight for for equality. Uh, you know, John Madden is. I mean, just to, to think that he just surpassed football itself. Yeah. You know, it, right. it, uh, that that iconoclast status in the sports arena. Um, when you think of football, when you say John Madden, the first thing you think of is. This man, this iconic football game that we've been playing online since, you know, what, 92? 92, before that. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, 92, 93. Way back on Sega uh, Genesis. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, I was talking to my son today. And I was talking to Brian about Sidney Poitier. And uh, he was telling me, you know, this was, this was one of those t- proud, touching moments. He said, uh, you know, he saw, uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Mm-hmm. A long time ago, he's like, I, it was on Netflix or something, and I, I, I watched it because you know you you had already mentioned you know yeah. who he was. Sidney um, Poitier is a, one of the foundational figures of our of our culture. Absolutely, you know, Absolutely. he was the first black actor to own a role. Facts. You know, he was the leading man in in just about every movie that I saw, and I remember seeing served with love and guess who's coming to dinner uh, in the heat of the night when he, when he slapped the yeah, white guy in the absolutely. greenhouse, yep. you know, and, and just seeing the, the reaction of the, the butler, the black butler was like, yeah. I don't even know how to look at this dude now. Cause right. I'm, it, it was, it was just, you know, it was one of those moments to see this stuff. And, you know, in hindsight, some people might think like, wow, why was this so important? But it was one of those moments, those seminal moments in black history Kind of like when you when I watched the inauguration for mm-hmm. Obama, one had to precede the other. Facts. We couldn't have Obama without Sidney Poitier having these roles to plant that seed in a black kid named Barack Obama's head or my head or your head. Right. You know, we, we needed those transformational figures in order for us to see further ahead of us. You know, you I, know? I look at it, too. Uh, we talk about uh, Sidney is. You know, he was, you know, uh, a predecessor to like what we have in Denzel. Right. Yes. Um, Yes. And one thing that, you know, you know, black actors entertainment was known for in the 70s was black black exploitation films. He was Mm -hmm. something that was like mainstream. Sydney was mainstream versus like being in. And don't get me wrong. It's a lot of great black exploitation films that we all grew up on. You know, the Mac and stuff like that. Superfly. Mm -hmm. And we're not taking nothing against any of that. But at the end of the day, like Max Julian, he just passed. A couple other people like that. But at the end of the day, like Sydney was probably one of the most remembered, if not the first like mainstream black actor that was getting like those roles that we look at for Denzel now, you know, like he was like that version in the sixties and seventies, eighties still. So, you know, he has so many movies and films and TV shows and things like that, that even I'm still like, damn, that was him in that or damn, that wasn't it. I was kind of looking at that uh, yesterday when I found out he passed, I was like, damn, he was in that. And I remember watching that with my granny and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's uh, it's big. And then think about John Madden, you know, like he's still one of the in his ten year career. Uh, I think he has either one or two, maybe number one, like winning percentage, uh, yeah, Super Bowl yeah. winning coach. And one thing that's super, super, super uh, ironic, and a lot of people might not know, is John Madden never truly, really played in the NFL. He got drafted, I think, by the Philadelphia Eagles, but got injured. I didn't know he didn't play. Yeah, and never and never played. So he got injured yeah. uh, after being drafted. Never truly played. Um, and then just found his way into coaching. And then yeah. the the rest is history. And, of course, you know, we, we all remember him for his color commentary and, you know, boom and boom, and, you know, <laughs> and drawing you stuff on it, the board and everything like we that. All, we all learned football from John Madden. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, we not even go sugarcoat it. Like, yeah. learning those plays as the games and technology developed and the games got more uh, – 
realistic and you know more yeah. more to the true of things like yeah like you learned <laughs> how to play football by watching Madden and playing Madden and uh yeah so you know like he was and he always seemed like he was much older than he was but mm-hmm. he was I mean I'm gonna say this lightly he was only 85 you know like yeah. some people yeah. might think Madden was close to 100 like because he was just <laughs> like he has a, you know his last Super Bowl was or his last comment uh his last game that he commentated was I think in the early 2010s like the last yeah. Super Bowl was like either 2011 2012 maybe maybe yeah. even 14 can't remember but it seems like eons he's been off TV and it's mm-hmm. barely been maybe even 10 years if that's the case so yeah, yeah man and so rest in heaven no to one, all of them no one does it like no one did it like him so yeah and know, Betty White real quick like my grandfather loved Golden Girls it's crazy I still watch Golden Girls yeah so that's you know that was of course most of the world's introduction to her um, yeah. in her role but uh you know i thought it was very uh very touching to see like they're they all welcomed her like because a lot of people have been making things it's about time your ass got here because you know all of them have passed away <laughs> yeah, hilarious right. but it's just that's in right, the spirit right. of the show and how they talk to each other it was just like it yeah. was it was nice to read something like that man so. let's jump into you know some topics that we're going to roll yeah. into. So, you know, still sticking with the flash, but let's talk mm-hmm. about the NYC mayor and hit in his compliment. Oh, I'm sorry. In his statement, not compliment. Uh, statement. The, the low skill worker thing, man. Um, you know how we, we find ourselves in situations where, um, you know, we're, we're thrust in the spotlight and we have to say something. Right. Uh-huh. And it doesn't always come across the way that we intend, right? you know? So um, when, when you sent me the clip and I'm watching this stuff and I'm like, this is me in my head. That's not really what he's thinking. What's coming out of his mouth. Can't be what he's thinking. <laughs> he can't find the right words. At least I want to give the man the benefit of the doubt. He can't find the right words. Okay. Uh, but he basically equated, you know, Hey, if you're a low skill worker, you work in a grocery store, fast food restaurant, you know, something like that you don't have the skills to have a corner office. Right. You know, which is, um, that's a pretty broad brush to paint. Facts. Not knowing people, uh, Facts. you know, not, not having a full grasp of people's situations and the, 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 the economic situation and the job situation yes. as a whole, you know, yes. so I, I'm, I'm trying, I'm in my head trying to give this man a benefit of the doubt. Okay. He doesn't, really mean the words that he's saying but i i kind of get his point yeah so i think that goes to our main topic as we get there later yeah. understanding doesn't require agreement um right because see that was your take i initially yeah. took it not like i took it personal like he's talking to me but i found it a little bit offensive because i'm like you know yeah. personally i've known people who've been educated in certain fields like engineering mm-hmm. and we know that's one of those fields that when you're young and you're an engineer you kind of got to wait your turn so yeah. unfortunately like unless you're doing a whole bunch of like freelancing or you you know you're just doing like some OJT you might not end up getting a job right away and so you might right. find yourself doing something like this but it doesn't mean you don't have a skill set you know what I mean yeah. so Again, you know, I felt like immediately I was like, see, this is why people in his position have people who write speeches for them or write comments for them, because sometimes their minds don't allow them to really think about how things are being said and how it's being put out there. So, you know, I was like, come on, mayor. And like, and I was like, and at that, man, I'm like, (laughs) you're African-American, bro. Like a lot of these people you're talking about are minorities. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So what are you saying? He's pigeonholing a lot (laughs) of his own people, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, we see it the same. Now, like I said, I I, I don't, I understand. I like to think that I understand what he was saying. I don't agree with it, but I like to think that I understand what he was trying to say in his less than eloquent way of speaking. Absolutely. Uh, You know, Terrible, terrible, terrible moment for for the brother. But on to the next thing. <laughs> okay, so now I'm gonna let you lead with your stats. Uh, NY right. NY has has a law change that will now yeah. basically I won't say forgive, but will not punish children under 12 for certain right. crimes. But I want you to start with that statute you told me about. Okay, so I actually misspoke when we, we uh, when I mentioned to you. So more, as of uh, this was from twenty nineteen, October first, twenty nineteen. 
from ABC News, more than 30,000 children under age 10 have been arrested in the United States since 2013. Now, 30, 000, okay. uh, there are 34 states that don't have a minimum age for delinquency. Most states have, the, the other 16 have uh, a, a set age of 10. Uh, and this was prompted by two kids, the age of six, being arrested in Florida, zip tied, you name it. At six? Do you six. know what their offense was? No, they were in school and they got arrested. I mean, like we've that? seen some... some We've seen some some different stuff in in uh, the news of late, within the last year, of grade school kids getting arrested by the so called truancy officer or whatever he's called uh, in, in the schools now. Uh, but you know, you, I gotta give uh, the New York uh, governor, uh, Governor Hockle, kudos for clearly delineating. I'm not gonna arrest a kid that's under 12 and charge them with a crime. Right. You know, so to 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 set that limit, uh, hopefully that that sets precedent for uh, these other 34 states that don't have any age limit. And maybe the the other 16 or 15 at this point can actually look at this and say, okay, yeah, this needs to be a national standard. Set it for age 12. Because you tell me we both have had kids. Kid under age 12, do you really have a full grasp and appreciation for your actions? It, it, exactly. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to give anybody's pass. I know a, a, there's a lot of kids that are doing a lot yeah. of things they're not supposed to be doing at a young age. Mm-hmm. But again, I, we have to think about what are they actually missing? You know what I mean? Is, yeah. is, are they missing the fact that they don't have parents? Are they missing certain yeah. things like, you know, they have been forgotten about in the system. They're not going to school. Nobody's really. Right. So you make a good point. And, and I and I think that, you know, these kids are learning from the surroundings, the environment, so to speak, that, that has created them. And it puts them in bad situations. And I think that you, we have to do a better job at helping these kids versus just like putting them in the system. And then that just becomes their life. You know, so right. you get into the system at 12 and it's like, Oh, well we already know that's a bad apple. We can, mm-hmm. we can go ahead and write them off. And for the next, however many years they're here before they're gone, forgotten or whatever, we just yeah. know we're going to have to keep putting them in the system. And I think this is a start to maybe fix that. And hopefully, yeah, you know, when a kid gets caught something like that, it's bigger than just, oh, okay, you're on parole and this and that. Let's create real programs for change for these kids and get them in better spots. Absolutely yeah, get them in better for spots. Sure. Definitely, for sure. All right, man. So uh, we're going to move on, uh, roll into our new segment. Um, we'll be yeah. replacing Ask the Doctor. This is this is all P. So he wants to go a different direction this year. And that's what we about every season. We've changed something and done something different. So let's go ahead and introduce the next section. Black excellence. Black excellence. Uh, you know, we, we're all sports fans and most of us have some kind of idea about the NFL, especially this time of year, you know, our final fan, our, 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 um, you know, fantasy football season just ended. Congrats to you, uh, by the way, this is the champ. So let's give him a, yo, six and eight. <laughs> And eight, and ended up with the dog. But anyway, uh, you know, and we all know that it, it's hard enough for uh, a black guy to get a job in the NFL, especially as a head coach. So, you know, we gotta gotta pay you know much love and respect to Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is the first NFL coach ever to have 15 consecutive seasons of a winning record. African-American too. African-American at that. Yeah. So, you know, I want to read something that, that uh, TJ Watt said, um, you know, about Mike Tomlin. Um, and I quote, he's just so commanding. Um, he said this during a podcast uh, with Brian McFadden. Um, he said, when he walks into a room, everybody shuts up. His good evening. That deep voice is just very commanding. You want to run through a wall after every meeting, just the way he uh, that he dictates to the whole room the plan. This is how we're going to do it. These are the guys we need to attack, et cetera. It's like, man, this guy really knows what he's doing. He believes in all of us, no matter what the circumstance is. This is a guy I just love playing for. That's from one of his players. That's big. So That's that big. speaks volumes to the man's character um, and, and his ability to, to uh, motivate men yeah to inspire men uh and then then on another note man when you think about nine years of dealing with a b facts i mean that's a whole other topic (laughs) that's a whole that's a whole other show 
but yeah, we it, it we would be remiss to not mention that. Uh, but I want to you know set up the the premise of this um, this new segment. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in our community that we don't know anything about historically or current events that we don't know anything about. And I would like to do better, you know, like that. Uh, for, for not just our listeners, but for myself, you know, Excellent. so every week we're going to come up with uh, a new form of black excellence, be it historical or something current. I like that. And uh, again, Mike Tomlin doing what he's doing. Um, I'm not uh, a Steelers fan, but it doesn't mean I can't yeah. respect the man. Um, yeah. and, and I kind of feel the same way, and I can't the, the coach's name. Um, it, it'll lose me right now. But I'm a Michigan fan, so that means I don't like Sparty. But they have a black head coach in football, and he just had mm-hmm. got that ten year contract for like ninety plus million. And it's just yeah. stuff like that that's amazing because those opportunities were not no, given. No, the name's new coach. Yeah, no, no, another another African American. So yeah. those type of things were not originally something that was, you know, looked at for, you know, a black male to a lead, you know, whether mm-hmm. that be the quarterback or the head coach. So we got to, you know, pay homage to people like Art Shell, you know, the Tony Dungy's of the world, the Herm Edwards of the world. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to football coaches, like all these guys, you know, were, you know, doing the do to open doors for people like Mike Tomlin. Cause when he got yeah. hired, he was like super young. You know, he, I think yeah, he, 36. Came, yeah. he, he won a Super Bowl at 36, the youngest yeah. NFL coach to do so. Exactly. And he yeah. was like a, I think of like a cornerback or something, a cornerback coach or something. And then he got promoted. Mm-hmm. And this was yeah. following somebody like who has a great lineage, you know, with the Steelers, Bill Cower, who had been yeah. there. He was at the time like the longest tenure coach in the NFL. And he finally stepped away and they gave it to basically a kid, you know, and, and mm-hmm. now he's held that title for 15 years and been at two Super Bowls, one, one. Um, and so, yeah, it's amazing. So, again, not my team, but doesn't mean I don't yeah. respect, you know, what the man is doing. Yeah. So uh, black excellence this week, Mike Tomlin. I got Tomlinson up there, Mike Tomlin, definitely. All right, man. So <laughs> we still keeping this segment uh, moving into our funny segment. Um, and People, man, man, we missed a lot of good stuff. So yeah, we did. I yeah, apologize. Did. I was posting it on our page still when it popped yeah. up, but we missed a lot of good news news. Yeah. But news, this one was news funny. is a gift that keeps giving, bro. This is what's <laughs> funny. Do you got it pulled up, Pete? I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you you lead with it if you got it if you got it up on your on your phone. You got it up on your phone? All right, so Tinder. Tinder. What do you swipe left, swipe right? Swipe left. <laughs> if you don't like somebody, you swipe right if you do. And apparently these two swipe swipe right at the same time, and they wound up dating, going out on a date. Yep. We're in the midst of COVID. Yeah. They both get COVID and had to quarantine together. Together. You might want to be careful about who you swipe right with <laughs> and date in a pandemic. Right. Quarantine, you might... remember, man. That's funny. Like, <laughs> man. I, I get it. You know, like I'm, uh, we're married, and you know, things like that. So I don't have a Tinder account, but ultimately, uh, I'm gonna just go out on a limb. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you're probably looking for an exciting evening on a dating site like that. And uh, Come on, it's called Tinder. Yeah, I'm sure you're not looking. That's for... ominous in itself. <laughs> It's probably like, look, I'm going to go out and meet a person, do what I do, and then we're going to go our separate way. But these people didn't get a chance to go their separate way. So who knows? Maybe no. it'd be a follow-up no. story and say after their <laughs> 10 days together, how many days they had to quarantine, they're, they're more than just you know a hookup. How did that quarantine go? I, I, I really want to know. How did that one go? <laughs> That's pretty funny, man, getting stuck. Because, man, if they don't like each other, oh, shit, that yeah. would be terrible. Like, let's just imagine if it was like just like the worst date ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and then, still stuck still it's stuck. like a never-ending it's a perpetual never-ending shitty date yeah that's imagine that you're stuck on repeat that's wild anybody who's listening uh please when you find these crazy stories that it maybe pop up on your timelines or you hear about it send it send it to us man drop us yeah. <laughs> drop us a message uh and give us your you know i guess your 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 uh entry for the week when it comes to something wild <laughs> like yes this. definitely so, News, news, man. <laughs> Always fun. All right. Never, never, never ceases to give. Ever. All right, um, man. Moving so, to something serious now. Conversations. Conversations. Uh, you know, 
you and I have had a, a lengthy history of disagreements, right? You know, we tend to always, you know, get into these huge sports discussions. <laughs> and for the most part, you have your side, I have my side, and we both dig in. Right. You know, and, and, and that's the best part of it is we both dig into our sides and we justify where we are. Uh, we tend to understand what the other one is saying, but we don't have to agree. Facts. And we usually don't agree. Facts. We usually don't. You know, so um, when it, when I think about that and I think about where we are socially, um, we reach the point where if we don't agree, it's literally like, fuck you, you're canceled. I don't have nothing to do with you. You're this. The respect is gone. Yeah. And I'm wondering how we, we got there. You know, I... When I, I thought about this, when I, I, you know, I saw a few things, but it really took me to the discussions we've been having for years about LeBron and, and MJ, who's yeah. better, who's the GOAT and all this, right? From my era, MJ is the GOAT, he's the man, and I, I will take that to my grave. Now, I always said, I understand how you feel about LeBron and why you feel the way that you feel. You know, he, he is quite possibly the most talented basketball player I've ever seen in my life, but he's not Jordan. Right. You have your side of the argument. I have my side of the argument. We always back agree. We always back away, understanding each other's points, but it's never gotten to the point where it's ugly or disrespectful or I don't want to have shit to do with you. I don't want to talk to you no more. Yes. But somehow we found our way there with everything. 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 Yeah. Um, and, you know, this stuff, and, and we're going to get into some, you know, I, I say some heavier stuff, but. It's some something as simple as that, then yeah. like you know, moves forward into like how people view politics. Yeah. You're either a Trump supporter and I don't like you, or you're a Democrat and I don't like you. Yeah. And it takes a deeper conversation. Um, and I'm gonna shout out my boy Pat, who would tell you in a heartbeat, yes, I did vote for Trump, but here's why. And it doesn't mean right. that I agree with who he was as a leader and or person. Um, mm -hmm. But his, you know, his approach to what he wanted to do with the country, I initially aligned myself with that thought. Right. But it doesn't mean I like the person. And yeah. so conversations like that are hard to have because it's always supposed to be black or white. Yeah. And this country yeah. makes it that much more difficult because it's almost as if everything draws a line in the sand. Every single thing draws that line in the sand and they people won't allow you to understand people clearly yeah. without choosing your side, if that For makes sure. sense. So so uh, this just popped in my head. Do you think that we've reached this point uh -huh. out of simplicity? It's just easier to not have the conversation and easier to just say, you know, here's the line. You're on your side. I'm on my side. To hell with you. Don't cross it. Yes instead of having a, a conversation. And sometimes these conversations are uncomfortable. And when we think about uncomfortable conversations, we can look at the black white issue. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I've had conversations with, with quite a few white people that were initially uncomfortable. You know, I actually had one yesterday um, concerning, you know, what is deemed racist and what is deemed ignorance, mm. you know, is it is it racist that someone's never been exposed to black culture, therefore they don't know? No, that's ignorance. That's ignorance, right? right. That, and that was my point. Now yeah, I gotcha. said, now if that same person frequents the N word and looking down on people they don't know by virtue of their skin color, that's racist. Yes, yes. I can talk to an ignorant person all day and try to my best to educate them. Now, a racist person, you can't you can't flip that switch unless they want to flip that switch. Right. And behind yeah. closed doors, you're mentioning right. things like, you know, that that judge just got caught with her comments and things like mm -hmm. that. And then, you know, they instantly say, well, that's not who I am. You know that? Well, it kind of is like you. Yeah. you <laughs> nobody prompted you to say that. You said what you said because that's what you normally do. You know what I mean? Like the medication brought it out of me. Yeah, Exactly. And then there's sure other things, there's other situations like that that you bring up, um, and it's it's they're deeper, right? Uh, yeah. We've known this this country here in the last five to ten years, uh, very heavy on feminist movements, very heavy mm -hmm. on LB 
LBG. Oh, man, I always mess it up. LBGTQ. Right? Thank you. I'm so sorry. Uh, but very heavy on those things. And mm-hmm. it's like, as they push for change, which I understand their mm-hmm. push, um, yeah. I think sometimes they go a little bit too far and there's no line for them to, you know, quote unquote toe. They can just bust through everything and everyone's supposed yes. to get on board. One of the biggest get on board or else. Yeah, one of the biggest things and 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 I'm sorry that, you know, maybe, you know, you say something like this and people gonna just find offense and everything, even though you clearly lead with I'm not trying to be offensive, but it's like when it comes to the trans community and sports and trying to uh, have individuals, you know, use certain bathrooms and things like that, that's something that I'm always somewhat opposed to because I'm like, you know, like, what are we saying here? Like, today yeah. you feel like you want to, you know, choose that I am, you know, this sex, but ultimately, like, I have a daughter that is that sex, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with her being, you know, in the same bathroom with someone who doesn't naturally have that same sex as her. Mm-hmm. And in those situations, I'm looked at as the bad person. Right. You know, and I'm instead like, of wow. someone who has a differing viewpoint yeah. based on your life experiences or sports. You I are, mean, we're, we're, we're expected to just completely eliminate our life experiences and just jump on board. Yeah. Um, without explanation you know, and, and understanding does not require agreement. This is where it came from. I was reading something uh, about HBO having a 20-year reunion for Harry Potter. Oh, right? man, I remember that, yeah. And they completely excluded J.K. Rowling. Which she created, if you don't know, she is the creator yeah, of Harry she Potter. she created Harry Potter. But they did that, uh, why, Proc? Tell us why. And they, they excluded her. Uh, not only because of her views of the LBGTQ, not the community, I won't say the community, but but her stance is you're male or female. Period. Right. You know, that that's and her life's experiences. And that coupled with the three stars of Harry Potter completely ostracizing this woman. Right. Instead of, you know, excuse me, allowing her the space to understand what the community and those who support the community feel, how they view things, instead of her being allowed to to gain an understanding. Right. And, you know. You don't agree, you're out. Yeah. And uh, now you could kind of move in a slightly different direction and you could talk about Dave Chappelle and what yeah. he's gone through over the last, let's call it four or five months. Yeah, uh, people I, I protesting I, to cancel Netflix series, cancel him yes. as a whole. Um, yeah. But he, he, has is, a, he has a documentary he can't even get, get out because yeah. of, of his, his comedy on LBGTQ. Um, and he always special. leads with, this is not for you to take in an offensive manner. It's for me yeah. Is for us to understand one another. So he tells stories yeah. before the jokes, yes. and basically what he's what he's saying is, no offense to your movement, but it's like something that's relatively new, you know, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever you want to get it, has advanced much faster than something that's very much antiquated, and that is you know how black people have been treated in this country since they arrived yeah. on the first boat. So he's yeah. basically always said like. What the fuck do we got to do, excuse my language, to get the same attention as someone in your community? You know what I mean? And he's always talked about having a conversation. And 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 I respect him for that. And that takes understanding does not require agreement to another level. How do you expect me to understand? And this is how I view his stance on this. How do you expect me to understand your plight when you refuse to understand mine? So much so that you pushed yourself to the front of the line. Right. Right. You know, and and this was something like, again, I'm not trying to get too political on this. okay, at all. But, you know, we listen to what our politicians say. We cast a Mm -hmm. vote. Certain politicians get into office and then it's almost like, okay, let's see what you're going to do um, based on what you said you were going to do. I take Joe Mm -hmm. Biden. Right. Like. 
he had a big initiative for what black America was going to look like underneath his presidency. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, (laughs) We were awarded a new holiday, if you want to look at it that way, right? Juneteenth is finally being recognized as a federal holiday. Uh, And this is this goes to my (laughs) to one of my co-workers, my LT. Uh, She's so harmless. But she spoke when she's like, hey, yay, Freedom Day. I'd laugh my ass off because (laughs) she was just speaking. (laughs) But uh, but basically what I'm going at is in return for a vote initially. Now, his presidency still pretty much brand new. This is what the black community has received. But we seen right away what he did for LBGTQ. Very much like I mean, like I don't even think he was officially in office like three weeks, and he had already mm-hmm. you know pushed new policy, you know, to help them advance their movements. And I think this is the yeah. type of stuff that Dave Chappelle was talking about. You know what I mean? So this is no no knock on Joe Biden and anything like that. But I'm just saying, like you said, press their way all the way to the front of the line, yeah. and it, and it's just like you know you watch these things, and you can't help but then sometimes feel like. Shit, well, like he said, he's like, I'm actually a little jealous of y'all. Because what yeah. are y'all doing that we're not doing? You know right. what I mean? I like, mean, we, we've been the squeakiest wheel for <laughs> right. a couple hundred years. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, what's up? And it's those situations that I think at times, you know, people misconstrue for a certain other action, whether that be hate or offensive actions or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's not that. You know, it's, it's definitely understanding but it's like I don't necessarily have to agree with all because I mean, right. if you, for instance, if you give a kid a ice ice cream with no limits, mm-hmm. they gonna keep get, wanting more ice cream, and you know, yeah. and, and it's yeah. certain things that are happening that it's just like wow, like it's taking things to the next level, and it's all about mm-hmm. people wanting to be understood and people wanting equal rights, and yeah. I get that, and that's totally fine. But what does equal rights look like, right? Like yeah. it doesn't mean that we have to forget about certain things that we actually, you know, like hold as morals or values. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and so it's, a, and this is a lot of things that are happening that I think, and you know, I'm, again, I'm not trying to be offensive, but I'm like, I was reading things that, you know, like parents now at the ages of five and six and seven are letting their children already, you know, make certain decisions on who they are sexually. Right. Yeah, I've seen that. What does a six-year-old know about who they are sexually? Like, at what point do you interject on what a boy is and what a girl is and what that looks like versus just saying, "Oh, you have the freedom to do whatever." Like, they they know know. about they they know about as much about that as they do about committing a crime to get arrested. See, yeah, way way to bring that full circle. Exactly. You know, so you uh, have to teach them. You have to you have to educate them. You know, life, life's experiences inform our view of life in the world around us. Understood. Now, we, we get information from different places that kind of, you know, reinforce the things that we, we learn and experience. Well, reinforce the things that we experience. Uh, but the most important part of that is being open to understanding and also, again, understanding that we don't have to agree. Right. And I think, you know, it does not diminish. It doesn't diminish what they are trying to do as a community. If I don't agree with it, what we are black people trying to do as a community, if they don't agree with it, it doesn't, it doesn't take anything away from it, but somehow these disagreements have become, well, you want the worst for me. If you don't agree with me, no, I don't want the worst for anybody. Right. And one thing I think that people are not really addressing is like using my example, uh, for mm-hmm. instance, like it is parenting these days has, has required you to actually be uncomfortable in conversations. Our parents used to just yeah. tell us it's this way and no other way. And shut the hell <laughs> right. Up, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so what I'm yeah. saying is I don't think that, you know, if a kid is showing you something, you have to have some kind of bigoted mindset or some kind of biased mindset. And then you shut them down and tell them, mm-hmm. no, you're wrong for that. But I also yeah. don't think that a five or six year old, understands deeply enough what's going on around them, their little mm-hmm. bodies and everything else to make certain decisions of all of a sudden today, I want to train, I want to become a girl versus being a boy or vice versa, you know, at, yeah. at this young of an age, yeah. like, you know, cause 
we all had terms. Maybe these terms were wrong, but tomboy mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, like little girls grow out of that tomboy phase and become yeah. very young women who then like guys and get married and the whole thing. So I'm only saying that to say I feel like when you have these certain conversations, they require work. A lot of people are mm-hmm. lazy. They don't want work. So they just shut them down. And when you shut them down, now it's become you're against me. Right. Yeah. And that could be on either side. Easy. It could be the person yeah. that's opposing the question or the person that's receiving a question. And you're like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this. Like it, it makes me uncomfortable. And if my kids ever did that, or if this ever happened or whatever, like, hell no, like I'll disown them. Like, okay, see, right. you're not even yeah, ready for it, these conversations. Yeah, and that's that what we're seeing. So, so much. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and what you're saying, it makes Makes perfect sense. Now, like you were saying about the, the five, six-year-old kid that's making these decisions about their sexuality. Now, I, I, I can understand as a parent, you want your kids to discover life and they want them, you want them to, to discover who they are in the process of living. Right. Now, I don't have to agree that you reinforce that notion that, well, you feel like a girl today, you, you can do what you feel. You know, I my life's experiences have informed me to look at men as men, boys as boys, girls as girls, women as women. Facts. Now, someone from another generation, someone from another walk of life may feel differently about that. And I have to understand that there's differences between the two of us. But again, they don't have to agree with me and I don't have to agree with them. No, that's big. And and we have to actually look at these things and even deeper things and not always trying to connect certain dots. Well, my kid yeah. likes pink and he's a boy. Yeah. So he must be thinking he's a girl. Like I ain't got shit to do anything. Or my no. kid is a boy and he's playing with a kitchen set, like gender, like genderizing things like, Oh, well, that's what yeah. little girls do. Or that's how little girls act or, Oh, this is how little boys act. Why are you doing that? Those type of things have been, that's ignorance right there. And yeah. it just has continued over the years to just like make it, very easy to shut something down and a lot of these kids don't get me wrong um or people in general have lived with you know these inner thoughts that they can't release because they yeah. would be ostracized or whatever mm-hmm. might happen to them and so they grow up with all this life pain and anxiety because they've never ever been able to have been themselves but technology has kicked those doors down and now mm-hmm. You know, kids are finding things out not because a friend said this or whatever. It's like because they they have access to this and do whatever. Yeah. And then that's making parents who are not ready be in a very uncomfortable situation. Right. And then they just resort resort to bad old habits like, well, my mama told me this or my daddy told me this or grandpa, grandma told me this. And Mm -hmm. so this is what it is. So we shut that shit down and, you know, you get that shit out of you go to church and pray over it and. You know, all that stuff kind of goes off the the topic a little bit. But what I'm saying is, you can understand. No, you still you, trust me. You're still on topic. I'm about to tie and it up. You don't have to agree. You know, you, you, yeah, you I'm, just... I'm gonna tie. I'm I'm definitely gonna tie it up. So here's the question: How do we reach a place where, despite our, our differences, we can reach an understanding? Conversations. Yeah. And that that's the premise of everything we wanted to do with this podcast is to provoke conversations, dialogue, um, conversation is lost, you know, and, and we know this, but so, you know, as we, we tie up this, you know, our, our main segment, uh, the challenge is not just for you and me, but for anybody that's listening, um, anybody that's close to, you know, that, that, that's listening, that, that has loved ones or friends or anyone that they, they interact with every day challenge each other to have a conversation without the expectation of agreeing. Yeah. And what's really difficult is a lot of people will understand how they lack communication skills because mm-hmm. a lot of times you don't know how to, you don't know how to ask a question that's supposed to be deeper than a yes or no. Right. And you're hung up on yeah. yes or no. And that conversation never evolves because Everything is asked. Well, yeah, I did that. No, I don't agree with that. Yeah. And you limit what's really there and it becomes frustrating and there's no dialogue. And then basically every conversation in the mind before you really develop the skill set is based on I'm here to win to get you to see that my point is right. Yours is wrong. And when it's all over it, 
you will agree with me yeah. or vice versa. If it's you, yeah. then you want me to agree with you. And I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, well, yeah. I just completely drop everything that I thought or believed about this topic to understand what you said, and I got it, and then now I agree with you. Like we said from the beginning, letting conversation influence you has nothing to do with changing your viewpoint. It's yeah. you understanding someone else's viewpoint. You know, like yeah. that goes back to yeah. me and you talking sports. Now, mm-hmm. to be clear, when we talk about Michael Jordan, I still I still do believe he's the GOAT. But what we yeah. talk about with LeBron is the way LeBron has been a leader over time and mm-hmm. what he has not done versus what he has done and so on and so forth. Right. So I say all that to say, as we're having these discussions, I still stick with my viewpoint, but I hear where yeah. you're coming from and I'm I'm allowing myself and vice versa. Yeah, I'm allowing myself yeah. to step outside yeah. of just oh Look at all his accolades, and then you're opening my eyes to okay. Look at his accolades, but also look at his deficiencies. Because a lot of people won't yeah. give him, you know, the benefit of doubt of being human. He's a human being, and he has yeah, deficiencies. He and you know, you talk about all the time with his finals record. Yeah. What is he four I, and ten? <laughs> and 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 again, my 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 argument with you know my my side of that argument has always been him not going to college. He did not come into the NBA with that killer instinct. Understood. You know, and that's and it's never it's never a matter of me disagreeing with his talent level or his accomplishments or his ability at all. Right. You know, but again, this is about understanding and it's not predicated on us agreeing. It isn't. And that that should be the the expectation of any conversation should be that we reach an understanding. If we agree. Great. Great. That's that's if we don't agree. But if we don't agree, we've learned something from each other. Right. Without, without, you know, uh, I guess uh, depreciating what the other person is trying to say. Yes. Or, yes. Or, it or, does not diminish. Yeah. Because you don't agree doesn't diminish the other person's point of view. Yeah. Wordplay. It doesn't. Uh, calling somebody stupid. That's just a dumbass yeah. thought process. This Because it's not about winning. You know, no, it's, it's not, not about winning. Everything is not a debate. I don't have the exclusivity on life experiences any more than I have the exclusivity on sports experience. Facts. You and I are two totally different people. We have some similarities in our upbringings and things like that, but I learn as much from you as I try to impart on you. And sometimes that's lost because we always look at, you know, like the age gap, like there's a 15 year age gap. So I always yeah. think that I'm a student when in a lot of times you tell me, no, I'm a student here. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, cause you always talk about being the precautionary tale, right? So it, when you talk to us like that, we sit as students to learn, you know, what to do or what not to do, but I've never thought about it in it's a two-way conversation. We're yeah. two individuals, and I might be imparting some knowledge that's not based on age or anything like that. It's just bringing you to a level of understanding, stick mm-hmm. with that understanding of where I'm coming from. And yeah. that, that in itself is powerful when you don't go into conversations with the idea that I have to win. Like, yeah. my way is right and yours is wrong. And before mm-hmm. we even open the door to conversation, I said that, you're supposed to understand that. And I'm going to prove to you over the next 10 minutes or hour, however long we had this conversation, that I'm right and you're wrong. We get nowhere. Um, and again, that's the whole premise of this co- of this podcast is to let conversation influence you, not change your yeah. ideas. That's why I really want yeah. this season to get yeah. people on here that have a varying of opinion, you know, and it's yeah. definitely ones that are different than ours so we can actually have a dialogue that's not based on who's right and who's wrong was based on where mm-hmm. are you coming from? Help yeah. me to understand where you're coming from. And I think that's more powerful than you trying to prove to me that you're right. Or I'm yeah. trying to prove to you that I'm right. That's just my yeah, thoughts. We, we put each other on defensive. We shut down. There's no learning process going on at all. Facts. You know, so uh, again, you know, listeners, please challenge people in your circle to have open dialogue, with the expectation of understanding and respect the fact that you may not agree. That's all we can say about it, man. That's a great conversation. So we're going to move it to my final note real quick. Um, I'm sorry. Usually I'll, on situations like this, I would like uh, have a little bit of that uh, conversation to pull up or to cue, and I didn't get an opportunity to do this this week. But basically what's going on in my uh, final note, an example for the culture, is there is two individuals um, 
there is the the stepfather and the biological mm-hmm. father who uh <laughs> are having a very heart to heart conversation where Man. the biological father is telling the stepfather that he's so grateful that he has come into his ex-wife's life, you know, hey, their situation didn't work out, but at least she picked a, a, a wholehearted, whole wholesome guy that appreciates his children, treats them like his own, and has stepped up when he couldn't be there for varying reasons. I'm guessing that could be work or life or whatever. And he's so like heartfelt about it that, you know, he was like something as small as buying somebody a gift for Christmas to show your appreciation is the least I can do. But he gives him like a long, you know, justified, you know, somewhat speech to to say how how grateful he was that he was in their children's lives. And he and he hooked him up with the Jays that dropped, you know, the 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 wolf gray or not the wolf grays, but the The cool grays, cool grays that dropped Mm -hmm. um, as as a gift or token of his appreciation, as he said, just to say thank you. And I say that's an example for the culture, because we live in a society where baby daddies and baby mamas and BMs Mm -hmm. or whatever we want to call it is basically like the afterthought of a relationship or afterthought of a situation. And we never think about the children. We never think about what that really is. And it becomes like, Oh, she just want more money from me or, Oh, he a deadbeat and all these derogatory terms. And Mm -hmm. people never really think about like that in itself is so toxic that kids grow up thinking the same way. And then they impart the same things. And we have all these children out here who just, like, well, my daddy ain't shit, and, you know, the new dude that my mom is with, like, he all right, you know, whatever. But moral of the story is, regardless of what the situation is, everybody that's an adult that is now in those children's lives, mother, father, stepfather, or mm-hmm. uh, stepmom, or whatever it might have you, they all play a role in helping this child develop and become who yes, they're they supposed do. to. And this is an example for the culture because they've put whatever differences they may have had I, it's got to be something if me and the biological mom are not together no more, yeah. but that's not going to limit what I am as a parent and him coming in as a stepfather. He's not trying to dominate or excommunicate the old, you know, father and get him out of the way. He's like, nah, this is a team effort. We all need to be on the same yeah. page for these kids. So we put them first. That's an example of the, for the culture. That's what I always say, be the change you want to see. Like everything doesn't have to be toxic. And I'm speaking from, you know, my own, know experiences at times i didn't always have the greatest relationship with my ex-wife but thankfully we've put that all to bed and mm-hmm. during our time off you know shit my oldest child jasmine she turned 18 that's a grown woman now wow yeah man yeah and yeah. so i'm looking at situations like that that i hoped in all the things that we have done wrong we've done enough right to help her mm-hmm. um grow and become the woman she's about to become um because she grew up in one of those situations where she had you know an extended family um type thing so you know this was just and i wish i had you know a little bit of the dialogue um but the point is it's it's long it's it's like three three piece clips yeah um but for me the most impressive part was uh this man checked his ego and his pride absolutely you know he didn't let uh, to borrow a phrase from Marcus, uh, talk his ability to have or the possibility of his toxic masculinity to ruin a great situation. I mean, I'm right. watching, man. I'm like getting all snotty nose and stuff, yeah. you know, uh, just from the emotion of it. Uh, it was good to see what I took from it. Vulnerability is just a, 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 another facet of strength. Very much true. I like that. That's deep. You know, we, we, we have, we, and I can only speak from, from us being black men. We are taught don't cry. You know, if you cry, it's a sign of weakness. If you, you know, show emotion, it's a sign of weakness. All of these things. I wrote about it. That we can associate with vulnerability have been sold to us as weakness. But when you think about the outcome, of you peeling back that that layer, that protective layer, and being vulnerable, the outcome is one hundred percent positive. It's always something great. Big facts, man. So it's it's strength. It's not it's not weakness. Be vulnerable. You you should be vulnerable to the ones that you love. That's one hundred percent, man. And with that, we've come to our time. Uh, Caesar four kicking down the door with. 
a great episode. Uh, we appreciate everyone to stop by. Uh, we had a few that popped in, made some comments. So appreciate all of you. Um, yeah, man, I'm happy to be back uh, next man, week. Me too. Next week we'll have to talk offline this week, but next week okay. we might end up possibly doing one in person because I'll be back down in Phoenix. Ace has a tournament all weekend. Yes. Okay. So okay. Might, bring bring the stuff. Pack up everything and then uh, yeah. we might shoot live uh, together because I don't want to. I don't okay. want to you know break the momentum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk about that this weekend and, and get all the Sounds particulars. Good, man. Um, but Sounds yeah, good. appreciate everybody stopping by. This has been another great CO on the doctor. Till next time, y'all take it easy. Be good, people.